It took a little while, but Coach Braun finally got his guy. Let's talk about it. Mom, thanks for watching. Yesterday, Jeff Brom and the Purdue football program announced that they finally have a defensive coordinator and linebacker coach in Brad Lambert. Lambert was up for the Marshall head coaching position, which might be why there was a bit of a delay in the announcement. But Marshall's loss is Purdue's gain. Purdue gets a really good and experienced defensive coordinator in Lambert. Lambert coached at Wake Forest in the same role as defensive coordinator, and part of the time he was a linebacker coach there. He produced solid defenses there. Then he went on to be head coach at Charlotte from 2011 to 2018, and then finally was at Marshall in 2019-2020. His 2019 teams were uh, his 2019 defense. Pardon me, wasn't great, but it was an improvement from the previous season. But his 2020 team was an absolute monster and it produced three all-conference con usa defensive players a safety a linebacker and a defensive end he really put his guys in position to make plays he uses speed a lot and he is aggressive let's talk a little bit about that 2019 team if you will um Let's compare them to our Boilermakers. Purdue in 2019, of course, was having a rough year, fighting injuries, trying to get over a lot of things, and trying to reestablish some uh, defensive identity. Purdue, in total offense, was 100th in America. At the same time, Marshall was 57th. Purdue was 86th in scoring defense that same year. Marshall was 47th. But last year, when Coach Diaco was in charge of the defense, things were... Not great for the Boilers yet again. Mild improvement or moderate improvement with a healthy Boilermaker defense, but not really good enough, I think, for Brahms standards or most of the Purdue families. Marshall, on the other hand, was very, very good. Let's compare them. Marshall, I'll start with the worst the worst ranking of them, uh, of, of their statistical categories, major statistical categories, they were 45th in America with just two and a half sacks a game. Just two and a half sacks a game. Purdue the same time, was 123rd in America with .83 sacks a game. And I think every Purdue fan that watched the defense last year said, man, if they could get some pressure on the quarterback, it would make a big difference. Part of that was scheme. Part of that, part of that was guys not uh, being in position to make a play. Part of that was uh, losing Karloftis mattered for more than half the season. But let's keep moving. I'll go from worst to best. Marshall was 11th in America in pass defense. Purdue was 94th in pass defense. Marshall was 4th in rush defense. They made it a big, if you watch the films, they made it a big, big priority to stop the run. They only allowed 95 yards a game. Purdue was 44th in rush defense. Marshall was 2nd in total defense, 279 yards allowed a game. Purdue was 56th. And finally, Marshall was 1st. First, in scoring defense, allowing just 13 points a game, while Purdue was 67th in America. Granted, Con USA and Big Ten are not the same, but this was a pretty down Big Ten. I think almost everybody would agree with that, yet Purdue's defense couldn't do what it needed to do to help the Boilers to victory. If you're looking for a gift for somebody who is really hard to buy for, check out gridironmetalworks.com. Get a Purdue grate or get one with one of the military branches on there from your friends and family or even another school. They have some other licenses. You know, there's only one school that matters to us, though, here. GridironMetalworks.com, our pals, Purdue people.
Purdue needed a breath of fresh air, and I think they get it with Coach Lambert. Like I mentioned before, Lambert puts his players in position to succeed, and I think he does it with, you know, Diaco talk about, talked about multiple looks, but at the end of the day, Diaco had that philosophy of bend but don't break. Lambert doesn't do that. Lambert has a very aggressive way about him. His philosophy, is his success is based and predicated on putting the quarterback in bad positions, putting guys in his face, collapsing the pocket, and of course forcing teams to go to max protect or bring in extra blockers. They will, they will bring guys from all sorts of positions, but the big thing they'll do is they almost always have an edge rusher who's a fast guy in almost every play that I watched, and I watched five games of defense uh, for Marshall. They always have this edge rusher, and they always have a linebacker that is active and coming towards the line of scrimmage almost every play. So if it's a passing down, if it's a long down, they might have three down linemen, which we saw at Purdue last year. But instead of having three down linemen and retreating linebackers, they'll have three down linemen, three linebackers. The middle linebacker will choose his gap and delay blitz, and then those linebackers will fan out to guard the flat and to make sure the, um, make sure the running backs aren't squirting out to get, a, uh, to get cheap yards underneath. Compare and contrast to what we watched at Purdue last year, which was tough to watch, Purdue would get eaten up on those third downs. And even when, uh, even when Marshall's defense last year wasn't blitzing, they were, bringing, they were bringing pressure and they were twisting. And, man, this is an aggressive defensive philosophy, and I think we're going to like it a lot. I compare it a little bit to what Brock Speck did when he was at Purdue because he put the linebackers and defensive ends in positions to – make plays. He also used a lot of down linemen. I think similarly, Coach Lambert is going to use a lot of down linemen. He's going to put Purdue's uh, linebackers and ends in a place to make make hay and do big things. I think the biggest recipients, if you will, of the potential success that Lambert might have might be the Karloftis brothers, having a defensive end who can get into the backfield and having a linebacker who is great in space, that's going to go a long way to making Coach Lambert's time at Purdue successful, but also getting them potential conference, if not All-American, recognition. I'm excited about this. If I don't sound excited, I apologize, but I'm excited about this hire. I think this is a really, really good thing for Purdue, and I hope, I hope, my optimism isn't blind, but if you look at his resume, there's reason to believe this is a very, very good hire. Check out AJ's. They got 20 beers on tap, and when you are in West Lafayette, you know where to go for Boiled Sports' favorite burger. That's AJ's. EatAJ's.com. Next up, of course, our Boilers are going to be on the hardwood tonight at 6.30 in Columbus. This is an important game. I don't know if it's um, pivotal or swing by any means. Purdue comes into the game at 10-5 and 5 and 5-3 and in conference. I think they need to, to get above, to end the season above 500. I'd love to see that Nebraska game officially rescheduled, but it hasn't been rescheduled yet. The Big Ten is a meat grinder. I've been saying that on Twitter all the time, and we see it every other night. It seems a, a highly ranked Big Ten opponent gets upset by a team that you don't see coming. Illinois got beaten by Maryland, for instance. But Ohio State is really one of these teams that now that they're healthy, they look like a different team than they did when Purdue played them. Purdue will have a hard time with Ohio State. But that doesn't mean that Purdue will lose necessarily. I think Purdue will win one of two, one or two of the next three games. 
I really don't think it's going to be Ohio State because I think Ohio State's going to be ready for Purdue. But if they can win one of three here, they'll be in good position for this final stretch in the season, the final, what, seven, eight games, and be in a good position to make the NCAA tournament. Part of the reason they're in this position where they're coming on, where the Boilermakers are starting to play complete games, which is something I begged to see a week ago in the last uh, lunchtime cast, was these freshmen are very, very good, as you know. Head over to martinvintage.com right now where they have a Old Oaken Bucket t-shirt. We might not get to watch the Old Oaken Bucket, but we get to celebrate it with one of their best shirts yet, martinvintage.com. Check them out. Of course, Gillis is playing solidly. We know that. He's been playing great all season, been starting from the jump. And Newman has been playing great. And, of course, Ivy is starting to show a little bit of why he's going to be a special player at Purdue. I did a little comparison to see how good these two guards, Newman and Ivy, were versus some other great Purdue scoring guards. And Purdue, really, if there's a position that Purdue has needed help with in the last 25, 30 years, it's guards that can create, guards that can score. Not shooters. Purdue's had shooters, and Purdue's had plenty of guys that are great in the blocks. But really, the the guys that can take over a game, like Carson Edwards, there haven't been a ton of them. You know, I I made a little list. Carson Edwards, Etwan Moore, Dave Teague, uh, Jerron Cornell, Chad Austin. You could put Woody on this list, too. Uh, Troy Lewis, Walter Jordan. These guys were all players that were very good, and they were good right away. They they made impact as freshmen. Similarly, Newman and Ivy have made, made a lot of impact. And they're kind of a fire and ice combination. Newman seems to be very steady, somewhat unflappable. It earned him the Big Ten Freshman of the Week award this week for our Boilermakers. And then Trey Trey Williams also got an award this week. He got Big Ten Player of the Week. It's great to see that the three wins yielded some hardware for these Purdue players. Both Williams and Newman, no doubt, uh, earned it with, with really great weeks. But as we look ahead, Newman and Ivy might be a tandem that is somewhat deadly. Both of them, their attributes that make them great, Newman's ability to steadily make plays and to be cool under pressure, I think he's going to only get better at handling pressure. And of course, Ivy, he's starting to show a lot. Remember, he was injured for four games, and then he came back and started giving us glimpses but wasn't playing a lot of minutes. Now he's getting more and more into the game, and it seems like Painter's using him as a role as a finisher to come in in the last 10 to 15 minutes with a lot of energy, whether it's the first half or the second half, and create, and it's working. Perhaps this is the trick when Purdue is looking to play complete games, which they couldn't do as recently as 10 days ago. Now they're starting to play complete games, and that's the key really to getting them on the right side of the bubble and maybe even a little further into the NCAA tournament. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you're excited about not only our Boiler basketball team, but the football team as we look ahead. Spring football is just around the corner, and right now we get to watch our Boilers in this home stretch for basketball. It's going to be fun. Have a great day. God bless you, and hammer down. Talk to you soon. BS all the time.